Welcome to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. With all the things that are going on around us, the sickness, disease, the crime, the political environment, the believers should not get thrown off from what God wants us to do. It was Paul who said we should have a goal of pleasing God. Have you thought about what your goal is in your Christian walk? How do we please God? We present ourselves to him completely and totally. He wants us to make a difference in the world. Let our light shine that men may see our good works and glorify the Father. He wants us to be an ambassador for him, sharing the gospel in this dark hour so other people can come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Join us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. Paul was talking to the church about who they were. As mentioned in his first letter, Paul was facing death on a daily basis. He was a preacher of the gospel at a time when people didn't want to hear the gospel. Hostility swirled around him and so was the reality and threat of opposition and persecution. Here's Paul being called, if you know the story of his trip to Damascus when the Lord arrested him, if you will, and called him into the ministry. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And God says, I want you to share the gospel with the Gentiles, those who were not Jewish and those who never heard the gospel. So he went to places all around the old world in Asia, spreading the gospel, and now he's in Corinth, this city that had a reputation for lewdness and sinfulness and partying and drunkenness and idol worship and all of that. And he's right there starting a church and preaching to these people. A lot of people didn't like what he was saying. Both believers And unbelieving Jews and Gentiles sought to take his life. They looked at him as a danger to their religion and their economic prosperity and also their political stability. His sense of imminent death comes through repeatedly in the fourth and fifth chapter. So he's thinking about this. He says, you know, I don't know how long I have. Somebody is likely to just to try to kill me any day. So he thought about dying. As I go into this passage, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to talk about this because he's talking about dying. And we don't want to talk about dying, do we? We like living so much, but Paul took the opportunity to say, you know, let me think about this a little bit deeper because I might not be here very long. And I want to talk about uh, what's the end game, he says, and what are we looking forward to? In fact, one time he said, if only in this life we have hope, we're going to be most miserable. If this is all there is, then this ain't nothing. If this is all I have to look forward to, now you think about it. Just look at your own life. Would you say, now, man, this has been the ticket. My life has been so good. I understand. I mean, I've just had ups and ups and ups. No downs. 
no failures, no lack, no sickness. Man, I want to hold on to this. But he's saying if this is all we have to look forward to, I'm going to be miserable and so are you. So how did he face the persecution that he faced like a soldier on the front line living on the brink of death? Some people might have thought that he would tone down his teaching and his preaching of the gospel since that's what enraged his enemies and jeopardized his life. But the more the hostility and the persecution, the more bolder Paul became. He never wavered in his courageous proclaiming of the truth of the gospel. And because he did not fear death, he did not fear persecution. And when you get to the place where you're not scared to die, God can use you in a powerful way. You know, a man who ain't scared to die, you can't threaten him. Uh, He's fearless. I like what uh, Dr. Prince said a couple of years ago when he came to speak to our congregation. He said he was doing ministry work in South America and one of the gangs captured him and put a gun to his head and threatened to kill him. And he said, now let me see if I got this right. You are threatening me to send me home to the Lord and that's where I'm trying to go. So that's what you're doing. You threaten to send me somewhere I'm trying to get to, and I'm supposed to be afraid. They turned him loose. They said, this man crazy. <laughs> Paul wrote, and no matter how difficult his circumstances was, he said, I do not lose heart, because though this outer man is decaying, my inner man is being renewed day by day. Paul says, let me just get to the point about what life really is and what eternity really is and where we're going as believers. He said, I would be derelict in my duty if I don't teach the believer what the end game is and what it's going to look like on that great and final day and when you make your transition so you have got a better understanding of what you ought to be and what you ought to do because you now you know where you're going. He says, though my outer man is decaying. I talked about that last time. This outer man, this body is decaying. It's, it's going down. It's deteriorating every day. It's not going to get any better. He said, but my inner man is being renewed day by day. For all of us, death comes like that unsympathetic landlord with an eviction notice. But that eviction notice only releases the believers from the earthly neighborhood to a grand and glorious dwelling place called heaven. For the believer, then, the sorrows, the disappointments, the sufferings of this life, then, is worse for the believer than death. That's why, even though we don't want to lose our loved ones, there is a balance to the sorrow that we have for those who are believers. And if we know that they are indeed enjoying where they are, and if you would ask them if they would like to come back, they would more than likely say, are you kidding me? 
Death releases the believer from a deteriorating dwelling in which we now live and urges us into a room in the house with the Heavenly Father. He calls it a mansion. And it's in a gated community. So if you ever want to be in that gated community, that's where your mansion is. There's 12 gates to the city. And the streets are paved with gold. Gold was so plentiful, God used it for asphalt. See, we don't need it here. Let's just use it to make streets with. Knowing that a Christian should not fear death. That's what Paul was telling him. Now, he's telling us this in the context then in those chapters 4 and 5 of who we are and what God called us to do. He's saying, in effect, if we're going to be most effective in doing what God called us to do, we're going to have to overcome the ultimate challenge is, and that is fear and anxiety about doing what God called us to do. Ask any of you. We can take a survey and ask you, why don't you share your faith with people and tell them about Jesus Christ? Well, I'm just a little bit afraid. Afraid of what? I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to be rejected. I'm just uncomfortable. Really? Why? What are they going to do to you? They're going to spit on you? Oh, I just can't stand it. Oh, Lord, no. If they kill you, you're going to go be with the Lord. You ought to be happy. Now I can ask you, how many of you want to go be with the Lord? Anybody? You want to go today? See there? You don't want to go. You want to be with the Lord, but you don't want to go today. Why not? I want to be with Jesus, but not today. Okay, what about tomorrow? Well, say when. When I get through doing everything that I want to do. Well, you don't get to choose when. The only thing you know is that you have an appointment. You don't know the time and you don't know the day. You don't know the hour. Some people will not make it through the end of this day. It wasn't their appointment. God says you have an appointment. The Bible tells us it is appointed. You know what an appointment is? It is appointed unto man once to die. Then the excitement. He called it the judgment. See, we ought to look forward to, to heaven like a prisoner look forward to being released from prison. We ought to look forward to heaven like a sick person look for health, a hungry man look for food, a thirsty man looking for water, and a broke man looking for a paycheck. We ought to be looking forward to heaven. With that background in, in our Scripture I want to go to in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, it says this. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose that he has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. I, I had to struggle with that. What purpose did he make us for? What is he talking about? Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit, that's capital S, that means the Holy Spirit, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 
Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So he's saying the purpose here that God has made and called us for is to spend eternity with him. The whole plan of salvation is not just so you can be saved and happy in this world. It's so that you can come and spend eternity with God with the same spirit so that once you get to heaven, everybody's going to be with one accord because everybody's going to have the same spirit. We can enjoy, we can worship, we can praise, we can fellowship all together for eternity because we are all there communing with God, loving him, and he's loving us, and that's what he was trying to do. That's the goal of believers. Otherwise, why are we even at church? Why are we even do this? God says, I want that family of believers to come. And Paul is saying, Therefore, we are confident. And if you're not confident in that, and you just, it's just a concept in your mind because you heard, um, we're going to all die and go to heaven. Yeah, I know that, I know that, but I really don't know exactly what's going to happen. I know I'm going, but I ain't that interested. How about somebody give you a free ticket and accommodations to go to uh, Europe or Hawaii or Dubai or something, all expense paid trip. What you gonna do? Just hold on to the certificate and say, I'm going, I got a trip to Dubai. Or are you gonna start packing, planning, making arrangements, and then go get on the plane? Or are you just gonna hold on to the certificate and say, Well, you know, I got this trip. Well, that's what we do with heaven. I got this trip. But we don't pack, we don't plan. We don't get ourselves together. And then verse 7, which we've heard a lot when we teach on faith. He says, we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, when I saw that passage again, stuck right in the middle of this, we walk by faith and not by sight. I said, you know, we've always spoke about that out of context. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So I can have what I say when I pray. I need to walk by faith and not by sight. Paul said, you know when you need to walk by faith? Believing that there is going to be an eternity. And believing that I'm going to go and be with the Lord when I die. You need to walk by faith in that. Not by sight. Why you got to walk by faith in that? Because didn't nobody come back and tell you. Didn't nobody say, okay, I've been there, and I just came back for a couple of months just so I could just show you how everything was? Because if you know some of your dead folks come back, you're gonna, you ain't want to talk to them. But they ain't coming back. So in faith, Paul is assuring us of a few things. Number one, that the next body we have is going to be the best body we have. This old body is going to be done away with. We're going to have a brand new body. And he says, that's going to be your best body. Secondly, he says our next life is going to be our best life. And that next life is the life that God has purposed for us. And then fourth, that next dwelling is our dwelling with the Lord. And in that context, he says, we walk by faith and not 
by sight. I'm confidence. Oh, somebody wrote a song. If anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going soon, I'm going up yonder to be with the Lord. If anybody asks you, that's the confidence that I know where I'm going when I die. How do I know that? Because I'm saved. I made a commitment to Christ. I'm not guessing about that. I know where I'm going. Paul says, now with this knowledge, I can abandon myself to the mission that I have. Because he knows that God would not abandon him even in death. He knows God has a glorious destination for him. And I know that he has a glorious destination for us. Paul then switches themes, moving from the assurance of our future to a warning about our future as he discusses the implication of this confidence in verse 9. He says, okay, so walk by faith, not by sight, knowing that to be absent from the body is going to be present with the Lord. And then look at what he tells us in verse 9. We make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things he done while in the body, whether good or bad. Oh, let me read that one more time. That's some shouting. Come on, that's for shouting right there, ain't it? There ain't that shouting? We've done some good things. Are, are we ready to go receive? So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You're going to get paid. And in view of the fact that we have an eternal home waiting for us in heaven, there is something we need to do today. Number one, he says, make it our goal to please God. Make it a goal to please God. Make it a goal. He says, based on what I've already told you, you should and you ought to make it your goal to please God. How many of you have taken some time to plan your life even with a list of goals and achievements you want to. Now, some of us don't plan for anything. We just get up every day and try to see what happens. We've made no plans. We have no goals. We have nothing. We just get up and try to see day by day. I'm going to just see what happened. And we go from one thing to another and we never make any progress down any course of action because we don't have any plan. Someone said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Some people are going down any road. They have no plans, no goals. They haven't tried to achieve anything. Do you have any educational goals? Do you have any financial goals? Do you have retirement goals? Any other personal goals? Paul says if you have no goals, you at least need to have one. 
See, when you have a goal, you'll start making a plan, hopefully, to achieve that goal. You'll start saying, okay, so here's my goal. What do I need to do to get there? Your goal may be to be financially secure. And you may not have any money right now. You may not be in a financially secure position, but if that's your goal, you say, what is the first thing I need to start doing? It may be I need to reduce my debt. I need to stop spending all the money I have. That may be your first step. The second one, I need to start saving some of the money that I have. And then thirdly, once I do that, reduce my debt, get rid of my bills, being more conservative, start sacrificing, then I need to start investing and whatever for the future. Now my plans are helping me to go toward my goal. That's why you have a goal, so you can plan. We also said if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Whenever we have goals in life, whether it's trying to plan for our financial future, our educational future, our retirement, whatever it might be, whenever we have goals, there are challenges and obstacles to distract us, to challenge us, and even to hinder us. Well, there are some of you been planning maybe to have a goal of financial security for the last 30 years. You haven't gotten there yet because every time you try to do something, something come up. Stuff come up when you try to plan. You wanted to go back to school, but something come up. You had some cheering, and you had more cheering than you planned. You got to wait. Now, I'm trying to wait until all the kids get out the house, and they're not out the house. They're 37 years old. They're still in the house. So I planned on doing this. I planned on opening my own business, but I just never could get there. Something always came up. Sometimes we'll have health issues that come up. Sometimes we'll have marriage issues that come up. We'll have children issues that come up. Catastrophe issues. Other people issues. Employer issues. Creditor issues. Legal issues. All these things will come up to deter us from reaching our goals that we plan. Consequently, we fall short of our goals and sometimes we never reach them. But if we make it our goal to please God, there is nothing that can come up to keep you from reaching that goal. Let me say that again. If you make it your goal to please God, there is nothing that can come up that will keep you from reaching your goal if that's what you try to do. You can have health issues and still please God. You can have legal issues. And still please God. You can have financial issues, other people issues, and still please God. Nobody can stop you from pleasing God. But you. This is Jerry G. Martin. And again, as always, I am so thankful for the time you spend with us on this broadcast. We've been sharing the Word of God with you today to encourage you to allow God to use your life as he wants to use your life to be an ambassador for him, to let your light shine. Is it your goal to please God in every way and to walk worthy before him? I ask you to consider making it your goal today. Say to God that you will follow him with your whole heart and commit your whole life to him now. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. That's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages that have been broadcast on this station. 
or visit us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you made a decision for Christ today and would just like someone to join you in prayer, call our prayer line number at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, we have the beacon right here on our campus at the Light of the World. You can get Bible, study material, communion supplies, offering envelopes, or whatever you need for your ministry. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.